looking to accelerate your acting career, to stand out from the pack, join host Frank Fawcett as we ignite your acting career. Our show is 100% listener supported. So if you've gotten anything out of the show, please consider supporting Ignite Your Acting Career at Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Ignite Your Acting Career. Or you can do a one-time donation at Cash App. Cash App is dollar sign Fawcett Media. Um, By doing this, this will keep us uh, bringing you the content that you love from Ignite Your Acting Career. Uh, We've got all types of levels uh, all the way from $5 monthly to $100 per month. You get general uh, support, ad-free content. You can get a one-on-one career console with me, live streams, added content. It's going to be really nice over there. So go ahead and subscribe on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash ignite your acting career. What's up, guys? This is Frank Fawcett, host of the Ignite Your Acting Career Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Yeah, we've got a real special episode. We're working hard over here to bring you the content on igniting your acting career. And if you enjoy the content, make sure to support us. I'm going to put a link in the description for Cash App. The Cash App is dollar sign Fawcett Media. Um, that'll go to support the show and, uh, help me to continue bringing this fire content to you and these great, what you're going to see are great guests. Um, you know, I think it's important to collaborate in this thing. And so I've taken, um, you know, I'm still going to do the traditional episodes for my OGs out there, but, uh, I'm going to start bringing some people that will really change your life and change your perspective and how you think of this business that we are a part of and help you to ignite your acting career. Join me. Once again, support us at Cash App, dollar sign, Fawcett Media, that's my last name, F-A-U-C-E-T-T-E-M-E-D-I-A. And without further ado, let's get on with the show. Ignite your acting career. Hey, what's happening? This is Frank Fawcett, host of the Ignite Your Acting Career podcast. I want to thank you for joining me. Today, we've got a very, very special episode. Um, Kind of the start of something new. And uh, we've got a guest here who, let me me pull up my notes, our guest is Mike Moreno. Mike Moreno runs the Actor CEO podcast and ActorCEO.com, connecting thousands of actors worldwide to industry pros, tools, and resources that help them treat their career like a business. Now, that's important. I always talk about the business aspect of this. And they fill the gap between the training and building sustainable creative life. Listed as a top podcast for actors by Backstage and Casting Networks, Mike has become a major industry thought leader. Uh, with a fan base of thousands, empowering mar- modern artists uh, through content for backstage. On stage blog, stage milk, teaching industry business and marketing classes in drama schools and around the country and coaching creative professionals 
having grown up in the entertainment industry in Los Angeles, Mike continues to evolve what it means to be a professional storyteller in our industry as our industry changes. Our paradigm shift and we can gain access to a variety of ways to connect. Now is the golden era for creatives and Mike is helping to ensure that actors lead the way and ignite their acting career. Correct? Yes, Mike? sir. <laughs> I'd like to welcome Mike Moreno, the actor CEO. Thank you, doing, you Craig. Thank you so much for having me, man. Pretty good. Well, thank you for coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's let's get started. Let's start at the beginning. I like to go back. You know, this is my inside the actor studio uh, <laughs> a clone that I'm making here. Mm -hmm. um, how did you get started, Mike? Yeah, listen, uh, you know, to make a long story short, uh, I grew up in Los Angeles, born and raised. Uh, my dad was in the entertainment industry uh since before i was born certainly um and only recently retired just a couple of years ago so he worked in the post-production end um for many different studios um including fox and disney back when they were two separate studios if anybody remembers that uh yes. but yeah you know born and born and raised in that industry uh you know, I was doing stand up at the age of 14 years old and uh, did that for seven years. I went to school with actors. Uh, I mean, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Catherine McPhee was in my class. Uh, you know, I got kicked out of Shia LaBeouf's house. I, uh, you know, <laughs> um, I mean, that was it was the L.A. life. You know what I mean? I mean, what can I say? Uh, that, that was sort of the world. Particular era as well. Yeah, yeah man. That, you know, that was the world I grew up in. Uh, you know, Michelle Trachtenberg was at my uh, high school. The year I got into high school, uh, Rami Malek um, was in his senior year and graduated the next year. Um, so that was my world. Um, I started in stand-up comedy. I was always the class clown. So I started with this capacity only because I was taking some acting classes from a, from a coach um, because I was going to be in like some junior high play or something. And this guy was like, you know, uh, I'm starting this group of young stand-up comedians. Um, mm. We were called the Not Ready for Bedtime Players, which is a play <laughs> for the Not Ready for Primetime Players on uh, the old yeah. Saturday Night Live. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, man, that, that was something that I was like, all right. And so I, I built a lot of my chops there when it comes to, of course, comedic timing, writing, um, having this idea of what it means to sort of tell a story beginning, middle and end. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, and then uh, we were doing this every Friday, every mm -hmm. Friday, bro, which means that, you know, getting over stage fright um, was something that I did very quickly. <laughs> right. Uh, and, uh, and I loved it, man. I mean, that, that was something that was just really powerful to experience at such a young age and for such a long period of time. Eventually I got a manager. I was in clubs like um, comedy store, laugh factory, uh, Ice House improv back bef way before everybody was doing stand up comedy for sure. And before I was even allowed to be in there, my manager would get me in and, and the clubs were like, he's not who is it was this guy. He can't be here. Uh, having this experience of, uh, you know, now I'm now I'm doing uh, stand up comedy every Friday uh, with this with this group of young performers, which was, I mean, again, fantastic training, right? I'm up in front of an audience every Friday. I'm learning the craft of comedic timing, of course. I'm learning the craft of of failing, 
right? Which is important. The idea of taking a risk, going out there, you know, not every audience laughs at the same thing. Not every audience finds the same stories amusing. I now have to come up with new stuff. I'm constantly creating. I'm constantly taking a risk, which, uh, you know, every creative, that's one of the major trainings you you actually get as a creative which i which again goes back to what the actor ceo is all about which is treating yourself like a business every business uh needs to be able to needs to be comfortable taking some sort of risk otherwise you will never evolve and you will not move forward and you'll be left behind so Mm -hmm. that was the beginning of that honestly when i look at it uh retrospectively and so that then uh, i did that for a number of years and then finally i was like you know i'd really like to focus more on acting so I went from uh, high school into a BFA program. First, I went to community college. Honestly, I did not get directly into the colleges that I wanted to. Yeah, which uh, to BFA? Be clear. Which BFA, BFA program? Uh, um, I ended up going. So first, I went to Pasadena Community College, okay. which there was a great acting teacher there by the name of Duke Stroud, who was somebody who really opened me up to the idea of like controlling your own. Uh, business essentially uh, mm. he'd done soaps and he's in yeah. top gun and he's he'd just been in just about a, a million and a half commercials like this guy just built a career and here he is you know uh potentially drinking whiskey in his coffee teaching us acting in the morning <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's in that cup you know i'm just saying like this this guy rolled by his own rules man and yeah. and i thought that was cool i was like he, he don't give a shit and yeah. uh yeah, but he's right Right. But everything he's talking about, because here's a story he shared, which is that um, he'd be like on set with maybe a newer uh, director or something. And he'd be like saying his lines facing the camera in a certain way. And, uh, you know, because he knows that, like, this is my good side. This is how I this is what this is what makes me comfortable. This is what allows me to uh, best perform. Right. To get the performance across that they're looking for. And maybe the director says, like, oh, could you like X, Y, Z? Could you switch it up a little bit? And maybe he says it a couple times and Duke says like, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, fine. And then as soon as the guy goes back behind the camera, he goes right back to what he's doing before and he does the take. And that's the take they use, right? So now listen, this guy has experience, right? He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. He knows what they're looking for, okay? And it does take experience to get to that point. But what was clear to me was you are in control of this process in, in many ways, right? I always say on the show, control what you can control and forget about the rest. There were things that he could control that he knew were best yeah. for him, the brand that he had, the business that he had, the performance he was capable of, what made sense under the scenario. And he also had an understanding, at least in this story, um, about the things that the other guy didn't know. Right. The things that the other guy was get, still getting up to speed on, maybe less experienced in that. That's helpful. Right. It's that's useful to know. Like Duke's the one being paid as well. So he also has something to uphold here. Uh, 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 the credibility of his business. So um, so that was a great lesson. I think, honestly, that's the reason why I ended up going to that school. So sort of universally, if you can say, ended up going to that school before I did anything else, because that was the first sort of introduction of hey, this is a business. You can't just rely on your talent. There are more things out there that you need to be able to be in control of in order to have a sustainable creative life, which I say on the show all the time, which is very important. So then I go to a BFA program, Chapman University, to answer your question, um, which had just become a university at that moment in time. I had a friend there who who had gone to that school, came into that school, uh, did my BFA program there, which now, you know, it has the dot. They were building it at that time, the Dodge College of Media Arts, um, okay. which a lot of great directors have come out of. 
um, uh, John Badham, who's a friend of the show. We had him on the show a while back. Great director for, for uh, across many, many different genres and many different things. He's a professor uh, in that program. And uh, yeah, and then I went from there and decided to get a master's. So I got my MFA at the University of Tennessee. And I did that because I could go for free. Yeah. And they would give me an equity card. And I could perform in a uh, on a professional stage that was, you know, to 650 people. And uh, they would bring in prof- um, not professors, directors, actors, um, other production people from around the country and around the world, which was great. I got to work with other professionals and they also had a uh, um, a uh, study abroad program. Um, okay. So I got to go to Italy for a while and study there, which it all, you know. Sterling K. Brown uh, was what ended oh, up yeah. coming, joining us in Italy uh, yeah. through Jim Calder from NYU. Um, oh my gosh, those are the people I know. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I, I was working with those people in Italy, man. It yeah, I went dope. to NYU grad acting. All right, fantastic. Yeah, man. You was great. I think we Jim probably Calder's know. Great. Yeah, I think we probably know a lot of the same people. Um, which is always fun in this industry, right? When you start to go, oh, you go down that checklist. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, oh, 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 yeah. That's great. And this 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 leads me to one of my main points here, which, you know, I'm kind of uh, giving some insight as well as the history here. But I always say that I learned, you know, 50 percent of my education um, in grad school was at the bar. And it was often because we got to have this experience with other professionals. Right. Outside of the incubator environment, which if you're familiar with any sort of conservatory or very focused program, you understand that you are very much in an incubator setup. You're not experiencing what is really happening in the real world right now, which is fair. There's, I always yeah. say that that's important. The, the school is there to teach you about the craft. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, you have to learn about the business. And in the oh, yeah. bar is where I learned, right, is where I would ask people. I'd buy them lunch. I'd buy them a, you know, a beer or coffee or whatever. And uh, have that pick their brain, right? What's going on? I would talk to people 5, 10, 15 steps ahead of me and go, what are some of the key points that I need to understand? How do I need to think about this business so I can build something sustainable? And almost always the core of that conversation came back to you have to treat it like a business. Exactly. And that became the essence of the podcast. So then being in New York City, I ended up getting an agent out of the showcase that we did in New York City, stayed in New York City, um, been in New York, you know, beyond a decade at this point. And then a few years in, I was able to get on TV, Law and & Order, and, and, and was producing some theater work and uh, did a web series and things like that that I created. Uh, but there was a point where I was like, I still feel like I have a knowledge gap. As many people do, they hit this point, right? Yeah. You know it. Like yeah. a year, two years, three years in where you're like something's not lining up here. Like, I think (laughs) I've been doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing, but it's not getting me to where I want to go or I feel like I'm, I'm not clear on my path here. Uh, So I don't know what actions to take next. Right. You always feel like you're kind of grasping at straws and saying yes to anything because that might be the X, Y, Z path towards the next thing. When in reality, that's not, that's not a business plan. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is fundamentally what we come back to. And my wife was poking me with this idea that, like, you should start a podcast. 
Um, at right about that time we had our son. So now my time was no longer my own. I couldn't say yes to a $400 theater gig or whatever, you know, oh, what no. I mean? oh, no. it was like, bro, they ain't, ain't going to pay babysitting bills. I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now. We're going to be in debt if I, <laughs> if I do some of these things. So I had to be very mindful of the gigs that I took. And, and so therefore I had more time to do this type of thing, but I still wanted to be tapped into the industry that I thought was, uh, really powerful and so having these conversations was was what the podcast was about i was like you know i got the most out of having these conversations with those folks in the bar in grad school those are the conversations that we need to hear about and that's what it became man and now we're 170 some odd episodes later yeah 16,000 folks around the world listening and you know tuning into everything the actor ceo does uh working with backstage now and stage milk and carrying the conversation to universities and training institutions to help the younger generation realize that there's some key fundamentals um, that the sooner you realize, the sooner you get on board with that, the easier it's going to be for you to actually build something sustainable, especially now. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that backstage um, relationship. Um, is it recent? It's fairly recent, right? Because I, I mean, I, know I guess, yeah, within the podcasts. last year. Yeah. Yeah. I've got three articles up on backstage at the time of this recording. Um, you know, there's other things that, uh, I've gotten the works for them and other people, uh, a few up on stage milk as well on stage blog I've written for in the past as well. Um, yeah, I mean that, that came from, you know, meeting other folks who were connected with backstage, knowing that backstage did bring on, uh, guest experts did bring on contributors. And, uh, I felt like my, take on the conversation, right? My angle on um, the actor experience and what we were doing here um, was useful and not necessarily something that was, they weren't saturated with that conversation. Oh no. Let's be oh, clear no. about that. Like, actors sat- in business? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, without going into details, they are certainly, that's not a common thing that they talk about on backstage a lot. So I felt like there was some room there. So I, I will be honest, it took some, some persistence, man, months, months of trying to get connected to um, the right editor to that I was pitching. Right. So yeah. um, uh, and then finally that that pitch got heard. Uh, the conversation got started and we finally landed in a place where it made sense to um, to do work for them. So, uh, so yeah, that's where we are now. And that's the, that's true across the board of anybody that I end up contributing to, um, you know, for anybody who's interested in that, it is not an overnight thing. You don't just get picked out of the air. Um, you, it requires work just like anything else. It requires work, requires an understanding of, this is the business side, understanding of who you're communicating with, Mm -hmm. right? Brevity wins the day as one of the agents who's come on my show said. Um, So be very clear that when you step into that email, you're in their own living room, you're in their own time and space, you got to respect that time and space. So get to the point. Certainly don't back away from what from the credibility that you bring, right? Certainly Mm -hmm. advocate for yourself, no one's going to do it for you. But have your pitch down tight, be clear about what you're doing and what you're bringing them. It's about them. Same, yeah. same with talking to a casting director or going to an agent or anything else, right? You're talking to another business. Ha- make it work for them. So right. how are you bringing something that makes sense for their audience? And what is Backstage there to do? Backstage is there to at- grab attention of a certain niche demographic uh, to uh, build something to their advertisers. 
Yeah. End of story. That's what Ultimately. television is. Ultimately, yes. Absolutely. Television. Right, so let's Tell be very clear when we look at it 30,000 feet up, what's really going on here. Now you can separate your personality from it. You can separate your ego from it. You can start to get an understanding of like you have something to bring to the marketplace, mm-hmm. something unique. And if they don't say yes the first time, that doesn't mean that it is not valuable. Maybe right. you need to talk to a different person. Maybe you need to come back at a different time. Maybe you need to build up a little bit other credibility. I didn't come to backstage first having written nothing. Let's be yeah. very clear. For sure. I knew that in order to make this pitch work, in order to get that yes, I would got I'd have to bring the guns and I'd have to bring some capacity. And so that meant that I needed to go to other sources to create things, to create that uh, value that I could bring them and that credibility that would mean something to them in two or three sentences when I could say it uh, in an email that would get their attention, that would open that conversation. Yeah. Okay. And at over the 170 episodes, how, how long have you been doing the podcast? How long has it been? Because you seem to be on a massive like clip in the last month or so I saw. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, we've been doing it since 2016. And something I'm, I'm pretty proud of is that, uh, you know, you see this a lot with podcasts that uh, people do seasons, um, yeah, absolutely. which is fine. Like there is no one way to do any of this. Right. As, as I think we've made clear, <clears throat> but I've never done seasons. I've always kept the show going. It hasn't always been weekly like it is now. Yeah. Uh, but it has always been there. So it has been a consistent source of content and mm-hmm. advice and insight uh, to the listeners and to the community at large. I mean, you know, at actor CEO on, on YouTube, at actor CEO on Instagram, at actor CEO on Facebook and on Twitter, that content is there and it's consistent and it's been consistent since 2016, which many other programs, there are some that uh, are very popular yeah. Um, some of which don't even produce anymore. Yeah, so, you know, sure. if you're listening to, to information that is, it is passive because I mean, it becomes back catalog after you've created it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that 170 that you've done, it still serves a purpose going forward. You know what I mean? Like in addition to the fact that you're also making new content as well, that keeps people coming back, you know? Mm. So, so I, I, for that. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm inspired because I'm, I'm I'm probably one of those podcasts that has sat back and had a little uh, had a hiatus or two. <laughs> I get it, <laughs> man. I, and I'm I not blaming it. anybody. You know what I mean? I'm not trying. That's not my position. Uh, yeah. You got to do what you what makes sense for you. And that's the same with your career, too, by the way. Like if you if you've been let's say you've been at it for a while. And like me, I got a I got a son. I got a family. There's like like we talked about in the beginning. There are certain things that. I can't spend my time and energy on because otherwise I can't sustain everything else that I'm doing. And then not, I can do nothing. Right. And that makes no sense. So you do what you got to do. If you got to take a break from the industry, if you got to take a break from this particular thing you're focused on, if you're like, I, I'm not going to do films right now because I want to focus on commercials or I'm going to take a break because I want to do some more theater or whatever, bro, it's your, it's your business. It's your, it's your business. You don't need to do anything else that anybody else is doing. And if someone has a problem with that, then they ain't right for you, man. Whether it's your agent, your mama, or anybody else, like that's not, they're not, it's not their business ultimately. Mm, okay. It's well, yours. Okay, great. That brings me to a good segue. Um, agents, talk about agents. You've got a lot of uh, representatives on your show and stuff. How's that relationship been? Do you carry agents at this point? You're pretty independent as, as actor CEO. Um, yeah. So, uh, to, to give you some perspective there, I, I love talking to representatives, talent managers, agents 
a lot because um, the, the they've got their fingers on the pulse of the industry, right? And some the focus on certain elements of it. Some people are much more focused on maybe the independent market. Um, some people are maybe uh, focused on commercials or something like that. Some people have a lot of comedy folks on the roster. Great, mm -hmm. right? Which is which is nice to get that perspective. Um, some people are in Los Angeles. Some people are in the Southeast market, right? Some people are, are in the New York market. So it's great, again, to get that perspective because there's a lot of nuances that are important oh, yeah. for the listeners across the world, honestly, to hear. So uh, the thing I love getting from them is, uh, and something that is consistent, is that ultimately an agent is your is somebody that you are partnered with as a business owner. It is your business. It's your vision. You got to bring something to the table. You got to mm -hmm. know what your, what your product is. In this case, your product might be your, the type of actor that you are and the types of projects that you're right for. Right. right, right. Uh, you know, we can go into that, those details later, but um, <laughs> you then have to bring the materials, right. The marketing materials that showcase that you are in fact, good at what it is that you say you do your headshots mm -hmm. your reel, um some clips from some awesome self-tape material maybe that you have if you don't have a reel, or if you can make content that bringing that to the table as well your social media uh following and content that you're bringing to the table this is all supportive of what it is that you bring to the table as a business right mm. all that is material that they can use then to make the sales calls, they are your sales representative for your business. They then make the sales calls to then pitch all this value that you're bringing to the folks who are looking to fill those holes, the casting directors, producers, and um, project creators, right? They're the people who have a problem, who are looking to solve that problem by filling it with specific um, people, putting people in place. And your agent is the sales representative to say, I've got those people. Yeah. You know, here's here's a couple of examples of, of why these people are right for your thing. So uh, something that uh, Jason Lockhart, who is the head of um, head of talent down in um, in uh, in the southeast market uh, and came over from Los Angeles. He also uh, wrote a great book. What agency? Um, Which agency? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Unfortunately, I can't. Uh, you can oh, just uh, is he Google. maybe Houghton? Houghton talent. You can just uh, Google Jason Lockhart and actor CEO in the same search and you'll find it. Okay. Uh, okay. But uh, he's, he's fantastic. And he, he says, uh, I need actors to give me weapons. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, what does that mean? And he's like, your reel is a weapon I can use, right? Your comedy wow. clip, your, your dramatic <laughs> yeah. clip, your uh, resume, of course, your, your killer headshots, right. That are right in line with your type that showcase the, you know, the roles that you can play your, your clean actors access account that you've managed really well um, because you've added all of the credits to your resume on your actors access account. You didn't just upload a PDF. You know what I mean? Cause that is something <laughs> that they see. Yes, I'm, I'm real, right? Sure. Uh, they, these sure. are weapons. Uh, yeah. Jason said, he's like, I'm the general going out there, you know, sending, this material out there to try and win these battles, but mm -hmm. I can only do that with the weaponry that you give me. Right. And the right. caliber that you give me. So you got to bring it. And I've spoken to other um, agents, uh, Nicole Dernicessian in Los Angeles, based in Los Angeles, representing over a thousand clients um, mm -hmm. through her agency. And uh, she says, you know, we want to work with people who are already doing it. 
And I believe that this is, this yeah. is true with most, most agents, right? They I want to work with people that. who are already doing it. So then actors go, oh, well, that's a catch-22. What does that mean? How, how can I do it if I'm not, uh, if I don't have anybody helping me out and getting me out there to do it? I'm like, listen, and she says this too, like, you can right now. You have access to everything. You can create your own content. I've had people on my show already. Sonia O'Hara, great example. You, can, you guys can Google her and actress CEO in the same mix to hear that episode. Uh, an actress. Uh, started making her own content, started writing and directing and making her own films, starring mm -hmm. her and other things, going to film festivals, winning awards, getting to the point of sitting down with HBO, negotiating two separate projects that she nice. gets to, that she gets to be not only create, but also act in. So now she's further ahead sooner in her business because she went out and created something. Created that path for herself. Her hands. Yep. You know what I mean? And yep. and you can do that now. You don't need you know eight thousand dollars to get equipment. You don't need you know uh, an enormous team of people to run that equipment to create something. <laughs> right? You have yep. access now through um uh, the internet and film you know film festivals and all this other sorts of stuff worldwide. Everybody's looking for content. Uh, distribution is almost <laughs> silly to even talk about at this point because it's like so so readily available right. uh so the excuses are gone you can do this there as i say on the show all the time there are no more gatekeepers mm -hmm. you don't need to ask anybody for permission anymore you just yeah. do it uh so that to nicole and the agent that i was talking to to her point to come in and say i just came out of school i'm just you know doing xyz but i'm looking for an agent because i believe that that's gonna be the thing that gets me to work She's like, well, um, it may, it doesn't make sense for me as a business to risk time, energy, and resources on you when I have no proof that that you can do what you do. When I have when it when you're not booking anything, when nothing is happening with you, because mm -hmm. that's a risk fundamentally for my business. And again, when you think about it this way, it makes sense. But if you as a business come to that meeting and say, I already have this and this. And I've got this in a film festival, right? And I've and I've had um, talks with so and so and so and so about creating these other things. I'm doing it, whether you're on board or not, right? Yeah, absolutely. I just I absolutely. just think that the I'm coming to you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm coming to you specifically because I think that you can help with that process. And specifically, I've researched you. I know what you do. I know the people that you work with. I know uh, the projects that you're involved in, um, and the and the context uh, the contacts or access that you have that is why i'm specifically coming to you you're not a list on of 100 people that i've chosen you right. are one of 15 that i'm have sitting down and having a meeting with i'm choosing who comes on board with this train right uh and <laughs> I, I would push, like you to be on board I, I will ask you um what about the people that have just all self-produced content like i do think sometimes it's looked at as a little bit less than if it hasn't like broken into Sundance and, you know, what's the one in Austin, the film festival in Austin, uh, South by Southwest. If it hasn't had a great run, does it still hold up the same value to these uh, potential representatives or whatever, you know, so they could break into the mainstream? First of all, you know, do you need a representative? If you're making all this headway yourself, if you're making, if you're building something yourself a business a brand at this point if you're making a ton of content like that who 
do you need a representative? It seems like you're building something that you're in very, very much in control of. I mean, mm-hmm. you could have asked Tyler Perry that question 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because Tyler even now is having to kind of he was in Star Trek and he's been in some crossover films. He's kind of wrote his own ticket. He's almost a billionaire, you know, uh, which was, I think, one of his goals originally. Uh but yeah, it's just that that mainstream acceptance for like a starting out actor, maybe not a Tyler Perry who's like a force to be recognized, a force of nature. But really. bro, I'm not talking about Tyler Perry like we know him now. I'm talking about Tyler Perry before anybody knew who Tyler Perry was. He was yeah. doing what you're asking about. Absolutely, he was doing he was the plays. creating his own stuff. He was, he was then finding people who, who wanted to showcase it. He was then making connections with them and be like, what else is interesting to you and your business and your audience, right? Why? Because in the back of his head, like you just said, he wanted to be a billionaire. How right. do you do that? How do you eat an elephant one bite right. at a time? You, in order to get there, you got to put one foot in front of the other. They say, pray, but move your feet, right? Absolutely. So he knew that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to create the things that I know that I'm good at first mm-hmm. and foremost, that showcase me best showcase my skills, my talent, my abilities best bring on people. When I, when I need to outsource that, I always say, do what you do best and outsource the rest if you can. Um, <laughs> but bring on people who can help support you in the areas that you might be weak in. Um, but continue to move that ship forward, right? Step by step, inch by inch, if need be. So there are times when you may not need an agent, may not need a manager, may not need someone else with that access if, in fact, you can develop those relationships yourself, if, in fact, you are confident in what it is that you're bringing out, if, in fact, you have built up a repertoire of things that are valuable, and again, yeah. we have the easier time than ever before to showcase that. What does oh, yeah. that mean? You say like, you know, if they've been doing all this stuff and it hasn't really amounted to anything, I, I'm not sure like what would that what would that account to? You could go to YouTube and say this has 100,000 views. That means something to somebody, right? Okay. And now yeah. you have something to leverage, right? Yeah. Even though someone might be like, well, it's not in a film festival. Well, you know, uh, it doesn't star so-and-so. Well, you made this yourself. Okay, what have you made that has 100,000 views? Right. Uh, you know, I, I have, you know, six million followers on TikTok. OK, so what, what have you done that has six million followers on XYZ? Right. Yeah. Sarah. Uh, what's her name? Sarah. Is, is that a fact? You have six million. On no, you? no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, but Sarah, like as an example, to draw this example, um, Sarah, Sarah Connor, I think is her name. Um, uh, okay. A comedian who now has a deal with Netflix and her show. Uh, yes. Because she was creating content on TikTok. Social media content. Mm-hmm. Bro, that didn't go into any film festivals. She didn't write in. She wasn't in a writer's room for, you know, some Hulu show. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. She, she wasn't doing any of that traditional path, follows the traditional model. She was creating her own content that didn't follow this traditional model that anybody could have said, well, but it w- but it made sense. It was popular. It was tied into the times. It showcased what she did best. Now, she has experience as a writer. She's written a, f- a couple books, in fact, maybe a few of them. Uh, she ha- obviously has experience as a comedian. But then yeah. she was like, oh, now I have this platform, again, asking nobody's permission to do something that I am interested in, good at, and is in demand. Absolutely. That's great. 
That, that's a great word, everybody out there. Make sure you 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 do what you can to get where you need to go. <laughs> you have to be able to self-propel in this business right and, now. And don't wait for now. anybody's permission, man. Do not do not wait for anybody's permission because you'll just waste time and you'll be um selling your own value you'll yeah. be you'll be judging yourself by other people's opinions and that's uh that's a di- road to disaster and you for don't sure. need to do that anymore for sure absolutely man absolutely oh man that's interesting that 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 kind of takes a holistic view of this this craft this business that 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 puts the actor in the front seat and would you say that that's one of your uh, messages that you like to get out that, that the actor is, is the master of their message. You know, is that, is that the true essence of what it is in this era uh, to be an actor is to put it out yourself, you know, back in the studio system, they were all types of packages. They were crafting stars. Mm. Now are you in charge of crafting yourself? Is that, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's been true for a while, but it's more true now than ever before. I feel like we're in this golden age of creativity. In fact, uh, perhaps a second renaissance for creatives because they are in control of their own destiny more than ever before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that is because the gatekeepers are falling away. You don't have to ask or wait for somebody else's permission uh, the reason the studio system existed and the reason that traditional model um, was so prevalent and the reason why acting teachers think this way from 20, 30 years ago, right, when they were in the business, who are training actors now who are coming out in the business, or you talk to any actor who's like, uh, who wasn't, who has been in the business maybe 20 years ago or so, and they have this certain perspective or an agent or a manager who's been in the business since the 90s who has this mm-hmm. perspective Uh, that is all built on the traditional model. And it's understandable that they have this perspective because that was the world in which they grew up in. That's how it worked. That was the environment uh, that that was there. That was the accessibility that was uh, actors access didn't exist. You got breakdowns on paper. You know what I mean? Backstage was was literally a paper that you picked up from yeah, a I remember. Stand. I used you know to do I mean? it all the time. Absolutely. When I was a kid. Yeah. That, uh, that is not the we world child. that we are in anymore. Yeah. The same is true with like social media didn't exist, right? YouTube did not exist. The ability to turn your phone from consuming into creating, right? From from just mindlessly watching into broadcasting did not exist. Those gatekeepers built that system because they were the ones who had access to people's attention. Mm. That was it. They were the middlemen to people's attention, which is why it made sense for them to say, well, you have to have a certain credibility. You have to have a certain known factor, right? You, uh, you have to have a certain capacity. People have to know who you are. You have to be bankable, right? X, Y, Z, all these things that, that bit that all these little systems and the way that we think about it, were built off of now that is untrue all that has the system has been disrupted so now you can literally turn your phone on and have access to millions of people that's incredible no no film required no (laughs) required baby um and that doesn't mean that everybody's good 
right? right? Exactly. That does, of course, mean that there's a lot of people out there who are doing stuff, which is which is just not not skilled or well, not trained or not good. About. If you've got a whole bunch of stuff that's just kind of average, it's 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 you're getting the experience to get better. Obviously, let's just say that. Let's keep it in the positive frame. For you're sure, getting the experience to get better, and you yes. will rise to the top. It will become very clear very quickly that you are good at what you do. Yes, and and people will see that. People will recognize that. That will get you to where you're going. Why? Because and just like you know, the example was Sonia O'Hara, right? Her, her creating, she started creating projects. Was her first project out the gate brilliant? No, <laughs> probably not. I talked to Lee Edward Colston, uh, Lee Edward Colston II on the show recently. He's oh, a yeah. writer, writer, actor, director, right? Um, working uh, with HBO and Netflix on projects. Um, he, you know, he talks about, uh, you know, you have to, you're, you have to keep at the task that you want to do, right? Which is you're, you're going to write something, you're going to create something. The first thing you do is not going to be great. It never is for anybody. That's fine. You have to then do it again. Do you it have again. to then do it again, and it gets better, and it refines itself. And maybe you go and find a mentor or an expert and get some feedback, right? Um, and you improve upon it if it is something that you are care about. And then it does become better. And it and as you as it rises to the top, the thing is now what we have access to just in terms of if we want to stick on the topic of content creation. You can do that testing live. Right. Right. In the marketplace live right now. You don't have to do it hidden in your basement. You can do it live and immediately get results. So your your path to improvement is far faster than anybody before you because you can test it in the marketplace. If you're paying attention that way, if you're only worried about likes. You're only worried about those shares, <laughs> right. then, then you're not really paying attention. But if you're actually testing something and go, oh, okay, so I can see the views, right, uh, of when people are watching something. I can see it when they see drop when they off. I can off. see when they come back. Mm -hmm. You're a content creator. You know how that works. So when you start thinking about it that way, you go, oh, okay, so what? So what's really going on here? What are the things that, what, what for me, out of what I'm developing is working and some, uh, and uh, can I can improve upon, right? Where is the path that I can improve upon? We talked about risk, um, risking early on in our conversation. The yeah. idea of risking that people are not going to like it uh, or that it's not going to be a good idea is something ingrained in artists. You have been trained to do that. People, actors think about it when they go, okay, I got a new script in front of me. Maybe I'm going to risk trying something, right? I'm going to make, I'm going to make a choice on this take. I'm going to make a choice for the scene. I'm going to make a choice for this um, self tape or whatever. And that's a risk that it might not be something that works. Not that it's right or wrong, but it might not be something that works. I'm going to, they're more comfortable doing that. But then when they think about their business, oh, I'm going to create a film or I'm going to write something. Oh, what if nobody likes it? Oh, what if it doesn't <laughs> immediately win awards at, a, at South by Southwest? Then, you know, then obviously this is not the right path for me. Right. Wait a second. You, you know how to risk. You're comfortable with risk stepping into the unknown. You know how to do that in your craft. I'm just encouraging you to do it in your career as well. Have that same perspective. Cause if you do now, unlike any other time, you will get further faster Yeah, because you can That's do it live. Right live away. on on living color in living color I'm telling you yeah so uh i i would ask since we've been talking about social media kind of glancing by how important is the social media aspect for actors in this current marketplace well i honestly think it's important i mean i can't i can't say it's not um yeah. 
I noticed you on Clubhouse too. Yeah, uh, just yeah, finally, that's right. Yeah, I discovered Clubhouse. <laughs> I've been, listen, had an invite for a long time and I've never been on it, but yeah. Yeah, well, listen, <laughs> I mean, I went out and bought an iPad. It was a business yeah. expense. Absolutely. I have an Android phone. So yeah. I was on Clubhouse a little while ago because I knew that it would be wise to do so. I saw yeah. what was happening, right? I was paying attention to the marketplace. Uh, my wife has an iPhone, and so she she saw what was happening too. Um, we're actually both in business together. We own a company called Much More Media um, where we uh, help businesses become better storytellers. So nice. uh, so we pay attention to what's going on, and um, we knew it was going to be something that was useful, that was valuable, especially, mm. and for those who don't know, especially because of the access the access oh you have to industry professionals and to decision makers. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Uh, actors are always concerned, and this is getting a little off topic, but they're always concerned about like, what do I email a casting director if I don't have anything <laughs> to say, right? What do I email an agent? Like, you know, you, you've got people on your list that you want to keep updating, right? Oh, yeah. Which is oh, good. Yeah. Stay front of mind. That's a very important thing. They're, they're okay with that. They, they understand it. Well, shit, if you're not in those clubhouse rooms... You don't have that email or that DM to send out and say, hey, when you said such and such, man, that really made a big impact on me. That changed my perspective. That was very helpful. I love how down to earth you explain this or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Thank you so much. That's it. Not, hey, go watch my reel. Not, hey, check out my new headshots. Just thank you. You Do something for me. No. (laughs) No. Go go make it about real Real dialogue between somebody you you probably couldn't have reached out to before you because know? that's building a relationship yeah absolutely which is ultimately what this business is built on yeah you've got to build those relationships because now you're starting something that can pan out in the next five years right but you're not going to do that you're not going to have the ammunition if we want to use jason lockhart's uh uh perspective yeah. the agent that atlanta, I was talking model, about earlier. atlanta models and talent that's where he's at. there you go yeah. thank you very much yeah. um Atlanta models and talent. He's the head of uh, talent there. And uh, you, if you don't have that ammunition, you can't go out there and start making that conversation. Right. Right. So you get that ammunition by getting into what's going on. And you asked if social media is important. That is a major factor of how social media is important, especially now with the pandemic that has happened and now we're slowly coming out of it. But I think many of these things will stay the same, which is that these online Q and A's, these online workshops, these online free access points to again, industry pros, decision makers, the people that you want to be building relationships with, you get to hear them in their own voice, what they like, what they don't like, um, how they want to be communicated with, what their thoughts are, what their insight is, what their advice is. You get to ask them questions directly. They start mm-hmm. to get to know who you are. You get to do that through this social media um, access point that we have. Uh, again, unlike any other time in history. In their comfort zone. You know? In their comfort zone. They are making themselves available not- to you. Talking to them in an elevator, like I know exactly. you talk about the elevator. Them on the street, <laughs> no. Hey, you know, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? It's like, no, nah, I'm that, busy. That's a nice dog. That's a nice dog. Yeah, I just saw a huge agent with a dog, and I recognized him only after he walked by. And I was like, oh, I should have said something, but no, no, it, it wasn't yeah, it the is right time. <laughs> uh, but you know, this is this is incredible now. Um, so that's one thing, right? The access that you have, people, and I'll touch on two more things with yeah. social media. Um, the other thing is that you, with social media, 
you can build the access point. There's a saying that like, instead of going to the party, throw the party. Yes, become the party. You, you've heard Jamie Foxx's stories, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Through social Absolutely. media, right? All the parties that he's thrown in the past. Oh, yeah. Why did he do that? He became... So he could bring those people there. Very, yeah. very much so. There was a focus of his um, for a long time, I would say probably maybe in like the 2000s. Uh, he was very focused on getting into the music industry. A lot of people oh, understood yeah. him as a, com- as a comic. A lot of people understood him as... Um, as a comedic actor, mm-hmm. the Jamie Foxx show and all that, um, but uh, and coming off of In Living Color, but uh, he, I mean, obviously he's a talented musician. Um, so he, but but nobody saw him that way. Nobody right. knew him that way. Nobody thought about him that way. So no one was going to call him for that when they needed that. So what would he do? He would throw these parties. And especially invite musicians, right? right. The R and B artists that he wanted to work with, um, mm-hmm. the rappers that that would need, a, you know, a sample track or whatever in the background once in a while. And he had a studio down below, and he would get people in his studio and say, "Hey, could you re- record this? Record something for me, right? Record X Y Z, blah blah." That's how he got connected with Kanye. That's how oh, yeah. he was getting connected he with. Um, <laughs> that's him, baby. That's him saying that. Why did that happen? Because he did it in the studio at yeah. his party, right? He did those things in or so he threw the party. That's what I'm telling you, right? And brought had an excuse to invite those people and bring them in. You can throw the party on social media. You can start a clubhouse room. You can start a live Q and A. You can start a you know weekly session with X Y Z. You can start a podcast. Right. You uh, can do yeah. anything you wanted to do right now. There is no one's way. You don't have to wait for anybody's permission. And then all of a sudden you create this ability where you're throwing the party and you bring in the industry insiders and now they're connected to you. They know who you are and and you get to consistently hear what it is that they like, what it is that works best for them, what um, you get to hear what other actors are, are asking questions about, what your what your peers are working on. Right. What's what they're doing in the industry that is not working, what they're doing that is working. All of a sudden you have this amazing influx of information and access and awareness about you because you're throwing the party. So that's Mm -hmm. number two, right? And then let me get to the third thing, which is that um, you have this creative platform for yourself that has access to an audience. So I I tell people when they think about social media, it's very useful to, of course, showcase what it is that you do best, right? Right. Because casting will go look at it, not all the time, and not every casting director does consider social media something that they look at, but it's there for those who do. Um, the producers, maybe a showrunner or a director that wants to see, like, get a little bit better understanding of who you are as a person. Um, exactly. So that so you can showcase what it is that you do as a professional, creative professional. But also, I encourage folks to build the narrative of who is the um, who is the human being behind the artist. That's a place where you can showcase that story as well. So now you have the capacity to start creating this narrative of like, I'm also someone who has these particular interests or passions or follows these causes or or cares about these uh, things happening in the world or or um, also has these other interests. Maybe it's music or or writing, right, or um, art in some sort of way or other things that you do uh, horseback riding. I don't know, building model airplanes or, you know, flying a kite or, you know, whatever it is, wherever like, you want to be. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you're rounding out the person, actually. You're rounding yeah. out the person who is the creative artist that these people end up hiring and working with. But that also gives you the ability to have a broader conversation, which means that you can reach a larger audience, which means that you can build your your platform and your profile in a strong, robust way that is indeed authentic and not yes. out there, you know, posing for the gram in swimsuits, uh, you know, down by the W hotel pool or whatever. Uh, <laughs> That's a good idea. I should walk down there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you're doing something that you control and you're building this, this um, picture of, of who you are as a whole human being, as an artist. Um, and that gives you a lot of leeway because now what are you building? Now you're building a brand. A brand doesn't go to Dwayne, the rock Johnson because he used to be a wrestler. They go to him because of who his personality, everything that he brings with that personality. He's uh, a, Big dude, big brown bald dude, larger than who, life. <laughs> who also is an insanely compassionate, positive. Um, you know, uh, can connect with people, humorous, um, yeah. joyful. These are things that brands want to align themselves with. Even right? after starting as a bad guy, he's all that. Yes, absolutely, total rebrand, hundred percent, hundred percent. So. Uh, and the same with, you know, Kevin Hart, Will Smith, you know, uh, 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 you know, you go down the list of people who have Keanu Reeves, people yeah. who have started to become brands um, and personal brands, as well as, you know, who they are as a creative. Uh, and and you why why would that be? Why would they be doing it? Why would Will Smith need to be on social media? Everybody knows who he is. Why would he now need to do that? Because that's I, a thing that he controls. Yeah. Yeah. That's a narrative that he controls. Yeah, and he and gets he to bring that into any meeting that he goes into now. The ball was moving, you know. He realized the industry was moving, and there was this new thing, this social media thing, and he has a gift for it. Actually, he's just uh, he's because brilliant. He what's important about yeah. it? Yeah, you said you say he's brilliant, but what what makes him brilliant in that? Just a constant, like, well source of 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 creative energy you know what i mean like he's taking risks on there i think um, there you go that's the know? key man right if you looked at if you spent some time researching it just as like uh sort of um an example of of the capacity that we all have by the way you don't have to be will smith to have this capacity the capacity that we all have if you take a look at what he from let's say um i don't know 2015 which is a while ago 2015 yeah. to now what he's done on social media you will see that he has experimented like i said before risked made mm -hmm. choices put something out there yes the man is full of creative energy there's no doubt about that but so so are many of us who choose to do this professionally we just yeah. ended up we end up putting it in in places that are not as productive right. um but he has tested many things yes. and then realized that there are certain things that work well and then doubles down on that. I'm right? going to give you a little insight. He started his career that way. He actually did research on what type of movies perform. I know I saw the, the article. Best. Oh my God. He's, he's, that's what I say about brilliance, you know, like 
But with social media, he wasn't just that wasn't just him going to his manager and saying like, okay, so give me a breakdown of like, uh, you know, I want to be the biggest film star. This is what the article says. I want to be the biggest film star in the world. So, so they broke down like, what are the movies? What do these movies include that are like the top grossing box office um, films uh, around the world? And they broke down some of the key details. And he was like, great. So now I know what I'm going after. And this is the type of thing that I'm going to do because that's what leads to the result that I'm looking for with social media. It's evolving over time to to put a clear point on it in order to figure out what was happening in that marketplace. He had to test. He had to put stuff out there and see the results. Right. Because otherwise you're just operating in theory. And and that doesn't mean anything because then you're going to put something out there, put all this time, energy and resources into it and try it. And it's not going to work. And you're gonna be like, well, shit, why didn't that right. work? Right. Nobody nobody cared about that. That was like right. two months ago or nobody wants that or nobody's interested in it or you're just doing it in the wrong. It's too long <laughs> or it's not it's not clear enough or it's not catching their attention fast enough. I don't know. There are many elements, but you're going to figure that out. You're going to understand what those variables are when you test. Right. And again, right. you don't have to be Will Smith or Shonda Rhimes or anyone else to have access to this right now. You can do it right now, but you doing it is what a lot of people stop at. And so those are the three the three things that I think are incredibly powerful about social media and why I absolutely think that um, any creative performer and certainly any business, which you are, should take advantage of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mike, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, can you tell us where we can find you on social media, on the Internet, everywhere? Give us uh, your, your your handles. You bet. Yeah, Frank, first of all, thank you so much for having me, man. I love what you're doing. I love the idea of igniting your acting career. I think that's, uh, that's such a powerful message and such a powerful platform. So I appreciate you getting out there and, and boosting people's confidence to do that. And I'm glad to be a part of it. Thank you so much for having me. But if anybody wants to find out what is going on with the Actor CEO podcast, of course, you can download the podcast and subscribe anywhere you find podcasts. And then you can follow um, Actor CEO across social media at Actor CEO on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now on Clubhouse. And now on Clubhouse. Look at that. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you. Uh, once again, this is the Ignite Your Acting Career podcast. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you on the next broadcast.